0: Hello, and welcome to Impact Intentionality and Innovation. My name is Kieran John, and today I'm in conversation with Dougie Sloan for Big Society Capital. Dougie is Managing Director of Impact Venture a Big Society Capital and part of the leadership team of Impact VC, which is a community-based platform on impact for venture capital investors. Thanks for joining us today, Dougie, and for also contributing to our report titled Impact Investment, Intentionality and Innovation, Unlocking Financial, Social and Environmental Value for UK PLC. So during today's conversation, we're going to touch upon your journey to becoming an impact investor, Big Society Capital's role in the impact ecosystem, and conclude with your reflections on our report. But first, like for every podcast interviewed in this series, we're going to start by asking our podcast guest, what does the phrase impact venture mean to you? So that's enough for me, Dougie, over to, over to you.
1: Thanks, Kieran. And thanks for having me on today. Great to, great to speak as always. To that question, what does, what does impact venture mean to me? I think it's at its heart about building a better future, thinking about funding innovation to tackle social problems. And I think there's a process at the heart of that, that I sometimes talk about as the venture way of making change. And I think it kind of has three sort of steps to it. The first one being around uh, deeply feeling and iterating around human human needs and users' needs. And then secondly, the sort of feedback data and interaction you get from that sort of noodling around those problems helps you understand what's, what's working and you get pretty fast feedback loops around that. And then the third piece, and I think a critical piece, is around scaling that intervention because this is still venture after all. So scaling is still very much part of the game and getting to that sort of meaningful, uh, potentially transformative level of, of impact. Uh, and I see that process uh, and kind of going through that with the aim of building a better future to be at the heart of impact venture for me that's
0: really interesting nice nice to think of it in three different stages and the word noodling is always a good good thing to drop into the conversation as well so that's good good to hear in terms of the actual venture itself the the company itself big side to capital's view or your view personally is it is intentionality a a key theme for the impact venture or is there other factors which you'd point to with the kind of funds that they invest in the kind of companies they invest in
1: yeah absolutely i mean i think the the intentionality aspect is is central to it for us particularly thinking about the intentionality of the founders of an early stage startup or, or the senior management team in a, in a sort of more, more mature startup potentially, that, that intention piece is critical. And for us, when we think about what constitutes an impact startup, we think about h- having that intention baked into how the company operates and makes decisions being a key part. We think about the sort of problem it's tackling being a sort of basic fundamental human need and the way it's going about tackling that being in a sort of inequality reducing way, which has things like affordability, accessibility, um, reaching vulnerable or disadvantaged groups at the heart of it. And then finally, an element of measurement and evaluation, kind of embedding impact practice in how the company operates and makes decisions, proportionately for the stage of the company. And and there's quite a lot in there. And I think some of those themes we will pick up on later on. But the short answer to your question is yes, intentionality is right at the heart Mm -hmm. of it.
0: Brilliant. Well, I look forward to expanding on that a bit more later on in our conversation. But before we go to that and talk a bit more about your your current role at big starter capital, I was doing a bit of sleuthing online before, before this podcast interview. I noticed that you were a strategy consultant at the Boston Consulting Group. I was quite interested to know how that experience prepared you for being an impact investor, if it did at all, or whether it's just a, you know a career directory a career trajectory you went on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some of the one of the great things about consulting, I think, is that it's one of those kind of training grounds where you pick up a range of skills that you can apply to a, a range of things you could put your hand to afterwards. And I think some of those sort of carry forward into impact investing, particularly around structured thinking, thinking just how to be effective in different settings. Uh, And I think the most helpful part probably was getting up to speed on on many different areas rapidly. So most of my projects I worked on were 10 weeks or shorter as you're moving sector, you're moving team, you're moving client like pretty regularly. And that experience I think was very helpful when I came into the impact investing world one of the uh, sort of operating principles that we talk about within Big Society Capital is being trilingual. And by that, we mean speaking to the public sector, speaking to the financial sector, speaking to the social sector, and understanding their languages and their worlds and how they interact in different ways. And I think that uh, sort of uh, consulting mindset of getting up to speed and tackling new things quickly kind of sets you up in a way that, that maybe enables that, that trilingual uh, nature a little bit, a little bit mm. more easily.
0: It's interesting, I haven't heard, come across that trilingual Phrase before, but it's quite interesting to, quite good to unpick that a bit more. Is it? Is it kind of depending on you know, changing your communication style, depending on depending on who you're talking to, or kind of talking about different factors? And you know, a government body might be more interested in compared to a venture body. Is there any any kind of thing, things that jump out from that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the sort of uh, intention or thought behind it is that you need people from these different sectors to come together around. Uh, the types of change that we're trying to create, be it a social issue campaign or or a fund with a particular goal or these sorts of things. So it's about understanding what um, these different actors will be motivated by and care about, what goals they might have, how you might be able to help them achieve those goals. And that, on on a sort of tactical level, does come down to how you uh, communicate with people from different backgrounds and how you connect them to each other to help them see the shared goals and ways they can each kind of bring gives and gets that help the whole add add up to more than just the sum of its parts, uh, and that—that's very much the uh, that sort of relationship building and systems change uh, coalitions basically sit right at the heart of why we we think that's important.
0: Yes, it's, it's interesting to see your your perspective of that, and you know your transition from being a consultant to now working in impact investment. I think a lot of people that are in the impact space they kind of perhaps have a driving force of being in it, like a pushful a pull factor or a push factor. Based on you know my little googly online, you could have you know fair to say you could have carried on a really successful um, career in strategy consulting was there a particular moment you thought I need to pivot I need to change I need to go and work in impact investing or was it just this great opportunity came up on big society capital and you you jumped at it
1: yeah it's a great question and I think the different people within big society capital that I come across in the uh, impact venture sector more broadly have different kind of origin stories in a way and come at it in in different ways I I think I, I almost I had less of a kind of moment of epiphany and more of a slow burning desire to end up somewhere like this so i actually went back when i was applying for my big society capital role and looked at my um, application materials when i applied to bcg and i hadn't quite realized this at the time but i basically said in my cover letter i want to come here and learn how to be more effective and then i'm going to leave and do something more impactful Uh, which uh, apparently wasn't too much of a red flag at the time (laughs) to be honest i guess (laughs) but (laughs) exactly but so that that sort of intention i think had been central to um how i'd spent my time pre-consulting at university and also in um Uh, sort of volunteer roles in different ways. I think that that was sort of a continuation factor. I think one thing that helped me gradually come to the realization that this was the area I wanted to work was while I was at BCG, I was working on social impact projects off the side of my desk uh, with, in many cases, early stage social enterprises uh, around uh, sort of impact problems they might be having, but also commercial problems they might be having. I found that work really energizing and really meaningful. And the sort of people there and the people connections were incredible and the learning was just really, really interesting. And I, I wanted to test the hypothesis that I'd like to do that sort of work full time. So I started having coffees and reading and exploring um, about impact and about impact investing specifically. And after a sort of chain of, chain of coffees, I ended up hearing about big society capital and uh, a strategy role they had going. And I put my hat in the ring and that was uh, six six and a bit years ago. That, that was how I came across Big City Capital basically. And that sort of opportunity was the spur to actually do something about it.
0: It's interesting if we reflected back to the the analogy of a uh, origin story with the Marvel world. Maybe you're on your your sequel or your prequel right now and your your um life as a impact investor. So that's really interesting to hear and I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening to this conversation who kind of want to get into impact investment as well and know how you got into it and you know. Your journey so far but is it you know is it can you boil it down to you know what do you do on a daily basis an in impact investor or is it one of those jobs where whatever lands on your desk you you turn your hand to and you find that problem to solve?
1: Varies a lot um, and it, it the impact investing roles kind of exist at different levels so fund manager level where you'll spend a lot of time investing in startups or social, social enterprises or charities are quite different to roles like the uh, fund of funds sort of model that Big Society Capital operates where we invest in funds and work on systems change projects across ecosystems. So those look like quite different day to day activities, even in that sort of one distinction. And then there's also other roles that are um, in the ecosystem as well around advisory or facilitation roles in different ways even within big society capital, the day-to-day for different teams looks very different. So we work across a range of different asset classes, but also we have, for example, an impact team or a policy team. And they'll be doing very different things. I mean, related, and they add up to a sort of coherent whole, but, but quite different day-to-day to what an investment uh, investment team member might be doing within big society capital. So I think the way that we tend to look at it uh, are that the sort of key constituent parts that we're looking for for people to move into impact investing roles with us are around a desire to learn and ability to learn really quickly and those sort of soft skills that are integral as a base to building up and engaging with different actors across different parts of the ecosystem and I guess we spoke about being trilingual earlier that's sort of one of those aspects um, and almost those pieces are more important than what specific hard skills somebody might be bringing, uh, bringing from before they're obviously where those are relevant there they're obviously good as well mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, of course that is like a prerequisite isn't it but on the terms of you know learning quickly is that because the market the impact investing market is moving so quickly and you kind of have to be have that kind of growth mindset that the ability to kind of turn your hand to anything or is it is another reason why you think that's a really important soft skill set
1: yeah absolutely i think that's a big part of it so the the impact market i think moves quickly it's it's pretty nascent um, particularly parts of the market where we're often looking to invest or catalyze new things either haven't been done before or have been done in other countries, or in other asset classes, or or sort of adjacent areas, and we're translating them into a new context. And I think that um, sort of novel aspect means that learning quickly, not just deciding where to start, but actually learning from what you're seeing when you do it in practice. So one of our other sort of operating principles is bias to action, where doing things and learning from it is a key part to figuring out what the right ultimate answer might be. And that sort of learning process, I think, as an individual, but then also as a team and organisation are sort of central to innovating around what a market and a system can look like that has the sort of impact outcomes we're looking for.
0: Mm. And you said about about doing it and your kind of your fund to fund model approach with Big Society Capital. I understand that the approach is to kind of invest Big Society Capital's capital into top tier venture managers with their aligned values. Um, obviously, you talked about joining Big Society Capital six years ago, and obviously you you've presumably come across lots of different you know, fund managers over that period of time. Are you seeing more fund managers who are becoming impact aligned? Or is that just, you know, if that is the case, is there a reason for that? Or do you think this is a market, market push?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A, a really good question. And maybe just by way of uh, sort of broader context of that. So yes, as you say, Big Society Capital uh, set up 10 years ago with a mission around growing impact investing in the UK. We see ourselves as a systems change organisation in that sense investing off our balance sheet in private market funds for societal impact in the UK. So investing in funds, um, working to enhance impact practice, uh, building networks and movements for impact. Venture is one of our four big areas of focus. We also invest in uh, social housing, uh, social lending and social outcomes contracts. So they reach into quite different parts of the market in different ways. But yes, within venture, working with established venture managers who are new to impact is is definitely one of our investment strategies. Uh, We also invest uh, heavily with impact dedicated funds where they're sort of pioneers within the space and bring that sort of authentically impactful starting point. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's, that's one, of our, uh, one of our key levers. So to your question, six years ago we're, versus six years ago, are we seeing more venture managers uh, from that kind of profile that are more, more established but bring an in impact? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're seeing a huge change in that actually between uh, 2018 and 2020, the number of funds in venture reaching out to us seeking investment that we're describing as having impact as part of what they did, at least, uh, increased by 10 times to a run rate of about 100 a year that has maintained uh, sort of since 2020 through to, through to now. And, and I think some of the key drivers of that, so on, on the one hand, there are major problems, I think, that are, are very clearly prevalent in the world today and have become, if anything, more prevalent through the last five or six years. Things like climate change, also the pandemic highlighting health inequalities, uh, George Floyd, Me Too movement. There's a series of, of really, really big problems that are increasingly visible and talked about. And I think that's a key catalyst for some of this. I actually also think there are some major trends at play within some of the key constituencies for venture capital. So thinking about founders and where sort of top startup talent is going, I think they're increasingly making decisions around their values and around where they can have the most impact. Uh, There was a stat in the uh, Atomico State of European Tech report from last year that 80% of tech workers in Europe consider social impact when they, when they're looking for a new job, uh, for example. So that's sort of one piece. I think the second piece is consumers increasingly looking to buy in line with their values. And there's data that suggests that's a majority of all consumers, but an overwhelming majority of particularly younger consumers. And then investors, where individual investors in different ways, but also those allocating into venture, uh, there's various pieces of data suggest they are increasingly interested in um, impact, not just being not negative to it, but actually actively preferring it. And if I'm, if I'm a venture capitalist, I'm thinking about um, founders where I can deploy capital, consumers that they can sell to, to build big businesses, and investors who might back me as, as my key constituencies. And if they're all increasingly thinking about impact, then absolutely I as a VC should really increasingly be thinking about impact. So I I think that's a a really big and uh, likely persistent factor as well.
0: Mm, Definitely. And I think it's uh, a big... Pat on the back to Big Society Capital as well for playing the role in incubating that and you know, accelerating that and supporting the change. So, um, I know you can't say that yourself because you're involved in it, but I think from an outsider's perspective, that, I think that's a really good thing to spotlight. So, but yeah, it's really interesting to hear about the, the driving forces behind it. But you talked about an, an impact dedicated fund, is is that kind of um pointing to the fund doesn't care about financial returns, or is that is that something else just for the art for our list of listening?
1: No, I, I think financial returns are still uh important for funds of, of all stripes, the future of. A sort of a fund manager and their, uh, their investment, their ability to attract investment from others are, are, in, are predicated upon their ability to produce financial returns. And a key uh, part of impact investing is that you're looking for a social return and a financial return. Um, I, I think that, that exists across all areas of um, impact investing. I think in some parts of impact investing, there is a trade-off between impact delivery and financial return. And you can dig into this at sort of business model level and look at some of where those trade-offs might exist. I think actually venture isn't one of those areas. And we'll come on to this a little bit later, but I think um, venture capital for a number of reasons is an area where in the right business models and with the right intent, you can deliver really meaningful, important impact alongside strong scaling performance at at startup level. And that obviously drives uh, financial return also. So the two things kind of sit or can sit really, really closely together. And I guess looping back, back to your question around impact dedicated funds, by that we mean funds that all they do is impact. And that's one of the ways that we think about um, understanding different parts of the impact venture ecosystem is those for that would describe as impact funds. Or all they do is impact. That's their sort of starting point versus funds that might not even necessarily describe as impact investors, but would make impact investments and maybe, maybe varying degrees of intentional and thoughtful about it. And the ones that we look to work with in that space are absolutely the ones that are more intentional and more thoughtful about it. But I, I think there is a, a sort of gradation there as well. So when I say impact dedicated funds, that's describing one point on a on a spectrum of intentionality. It's really interesting to
0: unpick, and it's interesting to see that there are different levels of impact investors, different perspectives, but intentionality seems to be one well, the, the key um, differentiator as well on on that space. But there's lots of, as you talked, about, lots of pressing social and environmental issues in the world, and we're seeing what we call may, perhaps mainstream VCs you know, looking to support that with their capital, which I think I think is a good thing. Does it matter if these these venture, these venture managers aren't kind of authentically impactful? Was it just important that they're, they're playing a part in the ecosystem and wanting to accelerate positive change?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting uh, sort of philosophical question, I guess, for people engaged in this, this part of the market. Um, my perspective on that is I think funding a positively impactful company, helping them scale is playing a part. And I think many uh, people in the ecosystem play that part. But for us at BSC and, and, and for me, I think intentionality is really important in impact investing. I think it makes the impact more likely in practice by being clear that it's part of your goals, helps frame how decisions are made subsequently with impact in mind, helps mitigating the risk of um, mission drift or unintended negative consequences in different ways. I also would make the point, though, that I don't think intentionality in this way means impact has to be all that you do. So I think you can be one of these funds that invest in a range of things, and one of those things is impact, one of your strategies is impact, but you can still be really intentional about that. I think understanding the sorts of impact companies you're looking to back the business models and why what impact that'll deliver how you'll measure and hold them to account how you'll use that to drive value commercially and in an impact sense i think you can be really really good at that and it's still only be a part of what you do i think that intentionality sort of has to be at the core of why you're doing it that way yeah, that's a
0: really really interesting point to, to, to flag and you know, if we're looking at these kind of authentically impact dedicated funds are ones who are intentional firstly do you think we need more of these funds and if so how can we catalyse that? Is it is there a role for government? Is it other stakeholders? Is there What are the levers to kind of encourage more impact funds in this space, presuming you think we, that's needed?
1: Uh, there's always space for sort of more really good investors. So uh, in that sense, absolutely, I think it's, it's a good goal to aim for more high quality impact dedicated funds. And to your question of how to encourage more of them, as in most all investing, but especially in venture, it has to come from within the individual. I think it has to be part of what motivates them, part of their own investment edge, their own competitive advantage in different ways, building on what they understand, the networks they have, these sorts of things. And I think we see that in in conventional commercial VC where the really great uh, funds are built around people who have a viewpoint and have a reason, a good answer to sort of why them. So I think the way of, or one of the ways of having more impact dedicated funds is helping VCs see the impact that they're having and understand the impact they could have within uh, looking at their past investments, their theses, their future investments. And I think there's a, there's a quote from Henry David Thoreau that I really like that is not what you look at, but what you see. And I think that piece where people can can look at an investment and, and not necessarily see the impact within it or the, the way impact has been driving commercial and sort of societal value for them in that way, helping that sort of click, as it were, so that you can build impact mental models into the way that VCs look at the world. And I think you'll increasingly see that play out in positive investments that VCs make, and as a consequence, the sorts of funds that VCs are looking to launch. And I think that sort of uh, individual and collective mindset shift, I think is probably the major driver that we're looking to, to act on to, to move the needle on that front.
0: Hopefully some of those people are listening today and want to take that jump after listening to you talking about your experiences in impact investments. So that's, yes, yeah, really interesting. Thanks, thanks, Dougie. I understand big Society capital s- supports around 10 impact venture funds at, at the moment. And you kind of, on, on the website, you kind of spotlight each fund's impact by reference to the sustainable de- development goals. I'm quite interested to hear if you, you know, if you're seeing particular trends with the impact focus on the funds. Um, I, to me from an outside, it seems like climate seems to be increasing for focus. Is that, is that something that's, you know, market led or was it driven by, you know, there's a climate emergency look, we need to do something about it.
1: Yeah. So uh, big society capital is a social impact investor primarily. So we look, and also with that UK lens, so we look at funds for the UK social impact overlap and that's the sort of piece we analyze within the funds that come to us. Many of the funds we back that do a bit more than that invest in climate. So we end up with quite a bit of climate interest in climate exposure there through these impact funds that are broader than just social impact. But the themes that we, that we sort of look at and assess around other societal themes. So I I would agree, we do see a lot of climate popping up. Actually, particularly in our our pipeline recently, there's been an increasing proportion of climate-dedicated or climate-oriented funds. But themes within our portfolio that I think persist and that we also see in in funds in the market include areas like health and mental health, uh, financial inclusion, uh, education, future of work, uh, being the sort of three major themes. Uh, And I think that's driven by many of the business models in those areas, being the ones where we see uh, this sort of venture way of making change that I mentioned at the top of the program, interacting really interestingly with how impact can drive commercial value. Interesting
0: when you talk about the, the venture way of making change, because I, I attended a, an event fairly recently with a, an investor. Perhaps they could badge, badge themselves an impact investor on the panel. I obviously, won't name them on this podcast. They said their reflections. They kind of I think they came from a climate focus background their kind of perception was that VC is not suited to tackling social issues I think given big Society Capital's focus I presume you disagree with that but we're quite interested to unpick that a bit
1: so I think you need different tools for different situations in the same way you sort of wouldn't try to build a whole house with a hammer but sometimes you really do need a hammer there's kind of a sense that venture is not always and everywhere the right tool but in some places it's a really great tool For me, VC is suited to solving social problems where technology has a role to play, where there are business models with commercial incentives aligned to impact, that is to say where impact is a driver of value. And I think in those circumstances, when executed with the right sort of intent uh, at the founding team level, uh, the rocket fuel of VC can be transformatively, positively impactful. And we sometimes talk about VC being capable of impact you can see from space. There are a few other ways of delivering that sort of impact at the sort of pace that VC can.
0: When I, I kind of go we're going to talk in a second about the impact investing report, which you, you you kindly contributed to. And one of the interviews I sat in on, I recall an interview talking to me about from an impact venture, the you know a company is set up to achieve a you know so, I think social environmental purpose, and they had multiple investors in their cap table, including multiple impact investors, and they mentioned how each impact investor had a different requirement for how the company measured and reported on its impact. And um, I appreciate you're not kind of you know, at the direct investment level. Through Big Society Capital, but obviously you interact with the impact funds through Big Society Capital's work. But um, I was wondering, do you think, you know, are you seeing there being differing requirements for investees in respect to re- like measuring and reporting their Or Are we kind of seeing more convergence because the investors themselves realize that it's not really helpful for an overworked founder to spend hours and hours doing different impact measurement frameworks when ultimately they're kind of reporting on essentially the same thing? Is that something you've come across through your, through your work?
1: My, my broad answer to that would be we're seeing increasing consistency, but it is still a challenge. And, and I think that stems from different impact funds coming from different starting points. So they'll have different theses, different investors, different things that um, might be behind their reason to invest in that company. And uh, it, it can create operational challenges at startup level and for founders in a way that could be quite counterproductive. And I think there are a few things that we and others are doing to try and address that. One of the um, really interesting ones to highlight perhaps is a, a framework called the five dimensions of impact which was developed by the impact management project and is now part of a group called impact frontiers and that creates a shared language around impact uh, and a shared way of interrogating impact return and also impact risk and the idea there is people won't necessarily always um, land on exactly the same outcome but they're all exactly the same output but they're at least asking the same questions with the same sort of language and you should be driving or you should hopefully be driving alignment through that sort of adoption, and there's a few other frameworks in different ways. But that's, I think, a really good example of the sort of thing that is helping drive that convergence.
0: Podcast notes: We can link to that as well if anyone's interested in reading that and learning a bit a bit more. Um, I, I presume based on your what you've told me so far today that you think impact measurement and impact reporting is a is a core part of. An impact venture and a company that's receiving impact investment. Do you think some in the space perhaps get too focused on that, and they should instead let the founders kind of go off and have the impact themselves directly through the, the companies they're building and growing? Or do you think that's is that just essential? Otherwise, what you know, why are you in this space for? Why are you in the impact investing space without having that that data
1: to look at? Yeah, it, this is a big uh, a big debate, as you know, within within impact investing what should measurement look like ideally, and how should it how should it best fit? My sense is it has real value when done well and has a few different roles to play. But I do think it has to be proportionate and really focused on the value that it's unlocking. And I think some of the challenges we've seen around impact measurement um, in early stage venture are that it's often designed for other asset classes or later stage larger organizations, or it's in a way overly academic and detailed relative to the unproven hypotheses that still remain on that startup's growth journey in front of them. And I, I think there's a few reasons it's really important though. So one is it's hard to predict sort of a priori what's going to be effective in delivering impact. And measuring the impact that you're having helps you understand that. Are you having the impact you're intending to have? Are you having impacts you're actually not intending to have? Um, are they positive, are they negative? How do you look at those on a, on a net basis? I think that is a, a really important uh, kind of integrity point, really, in building an impact, uh, impact startup. And using the understanding that you then build around the impact that you're having, the difference you're making for people, you can use that to drive better impact delivery, but you can also use that to drive better commercial performance. And um, so, for example, there's a startup that I admire called WageStream that's also within the Big Society Capital Portfolio through a fund called the Fair Design Fund, managed by Ascension Ventures who invest in their pre-seed. So WageStream are a fintech company on a mission to improve the financial well-being of frontline workers and their sort of flagship product is earned wage access, where you can partway through the month draw down part of your wages for that month. And it helps with money management, sort of cash flow for individual frontline workers they have a range of other products around that for sort of budgeting, financial education, et cetera. And they sell their product through employers to workers. And they measure the improvement in financial well-being and other forms of well-being for frontline workers. And that obviously helps them understand, is our product having a positive influence on those people's lives? Which is obviously integral and sort of the main key driver behind why they're doing that. But also that data helps them really interestingly understand their value proposition to employers. Because they can say, this is how we improve the financial well-being and the mental well-being and productivity and retention and all sorts of other things for your, your frontline worker base. And so there's a really positive uh, kind of flywheel there around how measuring that impact gives them the management information to manage their business, but also the information they then use to better acquire customers in that, in that context. I think those sorts of values-aligned, proportionate ways of driving impact measurement are really where we should be heading. And that way of using impact at the heart of your commercial decision-making and strategic decision-making, um, I think is, is a great thing for um, early stage impact companies to to aspire to, even if that starts as measuring one or two metrics early on that let you know if you're going in the right direction.
0: One of the, the findings from our report talking about impact being a highly relevant proxy indicator of long-term value from the talk today and what you said a minute ago, I presume that that strikes a chord with you. Is there anything you want, you want to spotlight or talk about for the kind of long-term value point of, of impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is a one of the kind of core ideas and hypotheses behind Big Society Capital's investments in impact venture. One is that tech companies can be impactful. The other one is that impact can drive commercial value. And the, the sort of coming together of those two ideas could be extremely uh, impactful, but also uh, sort of sustainable, positive uh, commercial investment thesis as well, which will drive scale in the, in the market as a whole. And, and we see within this sort of impact as a driver of value. We've um, we've studied this quite a bit. We've actually written a few case studies over the summer about that, which are uh, on our website and summarize some of what I'm about to say in, in a bit more detail. But we see uh, sort of four major drivers of impact uh, being a driver of value. One of those is around uh, acquiring and retaining customers. And the Stream example I just spoke to is a, a really good example of that. The second one is around acquiring and retaining talent. And actually some of the stats earlier on about Um, tech talent in Europe looking for companies aligned with their their values and their impact I think really sits at the heart of that but we also heard from some of the startups we spoke to in these case studies that 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 really came through strongly in sort of their culture and their reason for people joining them and getting some really high caliber people that you might not expect an early stage startup to be able to attract but through their through their sort of strong mission so talent is the second one the third one is around navigating a regulatory change in different ways, whether that's being more resilient to regulatory shocks or whether it's actually being ahead of regulation, demonstrating what's possible such that regulators and incumbents are sort of forced to follow you on a path to better practice. And I think we see a few uh, interesting examples of that, including in areas uh, like insurance um, where some recent changes in uh, practices in how uh, insurance companies can uh, price New customers versus existing customers creates opportunities for impact seeking insurance companies in different ways and so that's the third one sort of regulatory and the fourth one's around access to capital and investors where investors are increasingly aligned around impact looking to invest in line with their values um, but also might look differently at a company that might have an impact mission so a company um, in the fintech space for example, that um, is in the BSE portfolio through a fund we've invested in is in uh, ethical debt collection, sort of compassionate debt collection. And you might look at a company in the debt collection space and think, oh, is that, is that actually negative? Is that, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And actually the way that they're embedding uh, their impact thesis into the heart of what they're doing and seeking to be is core to their proposition to customers and talent, but also investors. And I think the way that investors have looked at them is substantially different because of having that um, sort of impact peace at the heart of what they're trying to do. Those four drivers around your yeah, customers, talent, regulatory aspects, and, and investors, I think, come together to create sort of quite positive flywheels when companies think about impact as something that they can use to help drive improved decision-making and improve strategic choices in how they evolve and grow their business in different ways. And it's uncovering those and investing behind those that we and the managers we invest with are, are really interested in.
0: Anyone, anyone listening today i recommend going and reading dougie's blog on that for, for a bit more detail i was thinking if i'm i'm sure there's lots of um you know, founders of impact ventures listening to this podcast or you know wanting to go out there and get some more investment to accelerate their impact do you think this you know this commercial focus of impact this commercial benefit impact should that be kind of front and center of their pitch deck rather than talking about you know, the, the personal reason or the kind of lived experience reason why they're in the impact space do you think can you detach the two or do you think it's kind of um Know, just depends on each particular venture and what they want to kind of position themselves as in the market?
1: I think it depends on the venture, it depends on the person, it depends on the sort of investment you're going after. But for me, I think that intentionality around impact and often the lived experience story that's led to that uh, and what's motivating and driving that, that founder or that founding team, I, I think has got to be central to it. And, and particularly at the early stages when many investors are, are broadly backing a, a person or a team, I, I think that piece is, uh, for me anyway, the most powerful piece. And then I think augmenting that with what you see the sort of transformatively positive impact opportunity being, but also how addressing that opportunity can unlock commercial value for you, I think are sort of the three separate parts. Having that having that intentionality, understanding what the impact you're trying to create is, but also how going after that drives commercial and impact value together for you, uh, I think are sort of integral separate parts that all flow from that intentionality as the starting point.
0: You talked about the kind of the people and team element, the person element, and to me, it seems like the work you're doing with Impact VC is very much that community element. It's kind of providing that support, providing that network, providing you know the resources to help the, the funds go out and accelerate impact to other ventures. I'd be quite interested to hear about your reflections on our finding that the community needs better networks and better organisations that are sharing best practice and new ideas. Is that what you're, you're trying to do through Impact VC? Is that the kind of the reason why you're, you're, you're incubating that through big Starty capital?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you asked about that. I think Impact VC is, is something we're really excited about. Uh, it's a community focused on impact for venture capital investors and aiming to be the go-to place for people backing and building high impact companies. And the purpose that we perceive Impact VC is happening is to build that community and uh, develop and disseminate resources to unlock venture capital's ability to solve the world's most pressing challenges. As you say that that is founded in the belief that venture capital can deliver transformative positive change and also that focusing effectively on on unlocking that positive impact in VCs investments can also unlock significant commercial value in parallel. But I think I think there's a missing part uh, in the narrative we see in the market, which is that there's a lot more interest in impact, there's a lot of reasons that impact it can be a good idea commercially, can deliver really positive outcomes for people and planet at, at the same time alongside that. But I think what's missing is clear practical guidance on how to sort of do impact in practice. If you're a VC, where do you start? How do you think about setting a fund thesis around impact or making investments with impact in mind, managing those investments with impact in mind? which we spoke a lot about measurement, which is sort of one subset of that management piece. So there's there's sort of a lot under there, but actually a lot of the information that's out there on those topics at the moment, I think, is not written with early stage VC in mind. It's sort of later stage or different asset classes. It's not sort of for VCs by VCs. And that's very much the sort of information we're looking to create through Impact VC. I think it's also true that, or in our experience and what we hear from the market, that those that have built impact tools and processes within venture have often done so as almost lone pioneers and have built really interesting uh, ways of approaching it. But that sort of community element, bringing people together to bounce ideas off each other, speaking to people who are tackling the same problems at the same time or tackled a problem a couple of years ahead of you, that peer community uh, was sort of to some extent lacking around impact specifically. So that, that impetus led us to think Impact VC as a community driven platform for resources around impact would be a really uh, really valuable important thing in the ecosystem so we're currently incubating it within big society capital bringing our learning sort of over the last decade into into shaping that but working with and around the community and the community working groups uh, and over time it's designed to spin out and be led by the community and go beyond our focus on UK social impact to UK Europe and beyond social environmental and sort of build a build and grow a real movement around impact and venture in different ways.
0: Fantastic, and definitely watch your space for anyone listening today. But I was going to ask you about this lone pioneers point and the, the kind of tools and processes they created. Do you generally find that people in the community are quite willing to kind of share out this useful resources to help the other people in the community? Or is there, is there a tendency for people to be a protectionist and think, oh, look, we just, we developed this great framework, and we don't want anyone else to use it. What kind of things have you seen so far? Not Obviously not naming names, of course, but um, any reflections on that?
1: I think in my experience and in our experience with Impact VC, we find the community to be hugely collaborative. And sort of positive and open in sharing what's worked and what hasn't worked, and the learnings that sort have of led them to uh, the approaches that they've landed on thus far, and, and we found that hugely valuable in um, sort of sense checking and road testing our starting point that we've built over years of doing this, doing this ourselves. Um, and I mean to give a sense, we are uh, building up to releasing a, a sort of playbook for VCs and impact. So as you say, watch this space. Um, we have a, a working group of. Uh, 30 or 40 people working on that and there's many dozens of threads of comments on the on the working draft so we're seeing that collaboration piece as being uh, sort of uh, really positive and, and right at the heart of what we're trying to do with Impact VC is create those spaces for collaboration.
0: And definitely, yeah, collaboration is the way that you know, hopefully we'll move forward in the right direction, won't it? So it's good to big side capital and, and Impact VC itself is, is incubating that and encouraging that. And you talked about you know, collaboration, obviously there's there's kind of our our report came up with maybe two reflections about ESG and impact. They're kind of talked about they they aren't one and the same effect to you, but they are, you know, necessarily necessary to kind of, you know, incubate the right um, impact ventures and get them on the right right path set. Um do you think it's important to kind of dispel the myth that ESG and impact are one and the same? And if so, how can we do that as a ecosystem?
1: Yeah, I think that's a real issue actually that people conflate the two terms and they can mean quite quite different things, or they do mean quite different things. Um, but adjacent and complementary things. And I think some of that confusion arises from the fact that there are two paths to positive impacts or positive outcomes even. And you can use the word impacts to mean outcome, or you can use the word impacts to mean process for getting that outcome. And I think that's where a lot of the confusion arises. So for us at BSC, uh, ESG is more around uh, how you do what you do as a company. So the environmental, social and governance factors that Uh, sit behind your operations, for example, or within your operations. And impact is more what you do. So the products and services that your company sells and the positive or negative outcomes that they generate for the people who use them. And those two things, um, as you probably tell from that description, separate, but they obviously complementary. You can be an impact company with a good ESG score. You can be an impact company with a a bad ESG score, but really you should be looking to work on that. But ESG can apply to any company, whether or not your products are sort of positively uh, impactful or otherwise. So to your question how can we go about dispelling some of the some of the myths or conflation of those two co- two topics i think it's increasingly talking about it on platforms like this and on blogs um events etc and making very clear what the difference looks like by giving examples so i think these sort of frameworks etc are very helpful for setting that shared language but really where it comes to life and hopefully where it starts to take off is, is by repeatedly giving examples of what great impact looks like and what great ESG looks like and how they're different complementary things and uh, communities like venture ESG um, and ESG and VC are, are phenomenal at highlighting some of those examples and sharing some of those kind of learnings and processes that help people repeatedly achieve those examples on the ESG side. And we're looking to do something similar with impact VC on the, on the impact mm-hmm.
0: side. That's it. Yeah. I just echo that. There's some brilliant work that Johannes is doing of venture ESG and yeah. His his quote from the report really stands out to me about impact is what you do, impact ESG is how you do it was a real real takeaway for me and something which 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 sticks with me and you know will continue as part of this impact investing versus ESG conversation. But unfortunately we'll have to bring our, our conversation to to an end today because obviously we talked about lots of interesting things today and um you know, I'm sure we can go on for hours talking about um impact investment and your role in the ecosystem.